0: Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Mojo NFL episode where we talk all things NFL. Dan, week eight has just passed us. What were or what was a highlight for you?
1: It's hard to narrow it down to just one. Uh, so, because it's a bit of a special pod, we just mean you tonight. You know, we can we can sort of slow things down and take our time because you know we're, we're starting to work this out. I think, you know, like obviously at the start of the season, you're seeing results go all over the place, but we're slowly starting to figure out teams, you know, at the bottom end, obviously the Texans are the Texans. I'm a little bit disappointed in Davis Mills. Like he, he is a guy who, in my opinion, was probably one of the most impressive rookies last year. You expected him to do a little bit. Like, I mean, if Houston could get away with not needing to replace their quarterback, that, that franchise has been a pretty good position. Now, it kind of feels like they're back to square one. So yeah, that's at one end of the spectrum, and at the other one, you know, you look at the Buffalo Bills and they're just playing with their food. They're bored. <laughs> they're waiting for the playoffs. So they're just a little bit tricky. You even see Josh Allen throw a couple of picks, which tells that he's getting, you know, a little bit impatient. Um, and you know, for me, Buffalo probably the only thing that sort of you know because there is no perfect team in the NFL this year. Again, their inability to run the ball. You know, they've obviously got. Um, cook in there um, who's improving things a little bit but again it's the same old story with buffalo outside of josh allen unable to run the ball and you know i just wonder whether that's going to hurt them a little bit when it comes to you know that big game against kc which we know is coming
0: um yeah for me look we talked like i think a previous podcast about whether or not cmc was going to step up for the 49ers and whether or not that was Polish. going to be a trade oh my god <laughs> did the 49ers fan base just kind of go Yep, cool. All right. We see it. We get it. Understood. Like passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown. Like It makes,
1: it makes sense as to why he was so expensive, Alex. He's going to be their quarterback. Like unbelievable.
0: <laughs> yeah. No Trey Lynch, no Jimmy. <laughs> CMC's moving in on your position in the uh, San Francisco there. I just thought that was a good game for them. I think bouncing back after last week, I feel like there was a lot of expectation on him to just really perform. And I don't think he was able to, or did his job. So it was nice to see him kind of come out and kind of just prove himself to the 49ers fan base and go, no, no, I I can, I can do shit. (laughs) I can throw a ball. I can catch a ball. I can run a ball. (laughs) They just didn't let me do this in, in Carolina. So it's, it's good to see him back and healthy. I really think that that's going to be a good, based on the game that they had, which is a great win for them. He's going to be a great addition to that offense. And he just kind of lit it up.
1: This past week, so there's there's, a, there's another team that I, I desperately want to talk about, but I think we're going to touch on them a little bit later. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it back. But yeah, there was another big surprise in week eight. Um, so yeah, anyway, there's there's a lot to talk, talk about. Teams are you know they're starting to kind of settle. We're starting to see you know um, you know what these teams are about. But there is a stack of teams that are stuck in the middle you know they're not great they're not bad and it just means that week to week these games are a little bit 50-50 so uh, yeah. <laughs> well yeah right. they could they could be even be uh, considered bad but uh yeah gamble responsibly that's for sure
0: yeah no for me as a bears fan definitely it was it was happy to see the, it was great to see the packers go down again this week but we we, we knew they weren't going to do much against the Bills um so yeah week eight another great week of football but it is time to jump into our breakdown games for week nine Dan first game up this one I'm kind of excited to talk about I think this is going to be a very evenly matched game we got Bears v Dolphins now as everybody is aware should be aware if you don't know this by now you? I don't know how but the Bears are my boys Justin Fields is my boy OSU to the bears as I talk about all the time in the last couple of weeks in their kind of, what was it week seven against the Patriots win big win there, you know, they took a loss to the Cowboys this past week, which is kind of a big loss. They were kind of even with them for a little bit, you know, they were in reach. They just kind of imploded, you know, they had that trade of Robert Quinn, which i uh, You know, I'm not going to lie, that upset me from a Bears fan point of view. You know, when you have the number one tackler in the NFC North, um, you know, it's kind of interesting to see what the Bears are doing, because that was a fourth round pick that they got for him. So that's disappointing that we couldn't get anything higher out of that. But for me, as a Bears fan, as a Fields fan, I don't know how have you seen the Bears, but it feels like in the last two, three games, they've kind of gone, this is our game. Yeah, it's how he yeah. plays. Fields can run the ball. He can throw the ball. It's kind of like they've taken the training wheels off him. They've taken the lead off him. They've taken the seatbelt, as I keep saying, because he looks like he's stuck in the car a little <laughs> bit. And they've just kind of let him play. And I think you kind of see a little more comfort in his ability to run an offense right now.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, first of all, I was wrong. I really didn't like the the head coaching high there with Eberflu, So I just thought that you know, this is an offensive league, you know, obviously it goes quarterback wide receivers. You've really just got to, you know, lead on that offensive side. So I've been really impressed with him coming in and that's very few and far between, you know, you look at some of the OG uh, defensive coaches out there like Tomlin, who's struggling Bill Belichick, as we know. So, you know, that was a huge, huge risk by the bears bringing in, bringing in someone, but you know, it just really, you know, makes a strength, the strength and then, you know, all eyes are on this offense in terms of where the team's at. I think it's the front office versus the coach though, at the moment. Um, I think that explains the trade a little bit where the front office are being honest and they're saying, look, we are not in a win now situation. Let's continue to manage the cap, you know, in more draft picks, younger players. uh, And again, load up that, that offense for, for Justin Fields next year. But you know, that's not easy. You know, that's not easy on the players. That's not easy on the coach. And it's certainly not easy on the quarterback, Justin Fields, who's, you know, really trying to keep this locker room together and, you know, do something this year. But we all know that the Bears, that they, you know, that they're going to do something special longer term with Justin Fields. It's just a little bit of a roller coaster at the moment. Um, you know, watching him play, he looks incredibly awkward. He always has, you know, he always ha- like from the moment he stepped into the NFL, that's kind of been his style, but. Alex, I just wonder, like, if you were in that offense, even the best quarterbacks, you know, you're going to be awkward because they don't exactly have everything set up for him. So, you know, when I look at him now, I just see a playmaker. I see a, I see a player who's just trying to do everything he possibly can to win. And, you know, compared to some of the other players in his class, I, you know, positive signs for, for, from Justin.
0: I think the thing for me is they haven't really established who they are as a team right? When you kind of look back a couple years, like 2018, defensively, powerhouse. That's why we were Kings of the North back in 2018 and won kind of the NFC North because of our defense, right? We don't really have an established run game, right? Khalil can run the ball, great. Justin Fields run the ball, great. David Montgomery run the ball, great. But it's like they're trying to do too much with their offense. Like, I can't remember who I was talking having this conversation with might have been Riley, actually. Um, strange she can't join us for this one. But I said, like, you know, there's no distinct relationship that Fields has with any one particular receiver. Yeah. And when you look at other teams, you look at the Chiefs, right? You've got Mahomes and Kelsey. But, you know, when you've got the Raiders, you've got Carr. And, you know, yeah. you've got relationships. When you look at the Bears, yes, he likes Darnell Mooney. But you see him trying to play it around so much. So yeah. Maybe and I'll give it. one to Colt Komet. Maybe I'll give one to Darnell. And it's like yeah. – Either have your run game and have that be good because when Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery were both kind of that interchange, like kind of the Cowboys have done with Pollard and and Zeke, they did well against the Patriots. But Khalil Herbert had almost 100 rushing yards and David Montgomery had half of that and they had the same amount of carries.
1: I feel like I say it most off seasons with Chicago, but this is going to be the most important one because they need their Stephon Diggs moment. This offseason. you know, you look at a guy like Josh Allen and and this is the blueprint of building a building a team is you sit back, you wait, you test out your young quarterback. And the second you get a sense that he's the guy, you then make the trade, you then make the move. And that's exactly what Buffalo did with Josh Allen. Look at them now, you know, that they're, they're sort of doing other things in the draft. They're building the team the way you should. And then as soon as you know, you go for it and you go for it hard. So you're right. I think the bears will define their offense based on that next big move. You know, I'd hate to see them go out and get like the best running back and they become a running type football team. That's a little bit boring. Um, you know, if they just went out and just got a, got a, um, an incredible receiver, you know, that that's going to be pretty special. Um, yeah. I, I I just don't know about these young kids coming out of the draft, but you know, we we'll, we'll keep our eye on that. It'll be really interesting to see where Chicago sit now, Alex, because, they might be doing themselves out of a really good draft position, but yeah, plenty of time to talk about the draft.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what where they get. I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they have a first round pick coming into this next draft because uh, I think they traded it away. But look, I think Fields is good for them. I think it'd be great to get someone experienced as a wide receiver or even someone just experienced on the defense. I need mean, they, they, they need a leader, um, you know, they need someone to kind of step up and have experience there. I do love my Bears. I do think they're finally getting a little bit of momentum behind them, which is good. The Cowboys loss was a tough one. Um, but I think it's definitely something they can bounce back against the Dolphins. Speaking of the Dolphins, their competitors for week nine, I mean, it's great to see Tua back, but boy, oh boy, when that boy ducks his head and he runs, it makes me <laughs> scared. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, Tua, obviously we, we, you know, we really want him to have a, a long lasting career in the NFL, but, you know, this is something that I've been thinking about when it comes to, you know, players like Lamar Jackson, who, you know, you can see their franchise got stuck in a holding pattern, you know, do we pay him? Do we not pay him? You know, is Lamar going to be, you know, no one's going to be Tom Brady, but are they going to have these really, really long careers to Lamar? you know, what if they don't, you know, that's okay. You know what I mean? Like if you get four or five outstanding years of production and you really have a run at this thing, I mean, that, that, that's okay. You know? So I feel like to, uh, he, he, may be in that sort of situation, but you know, for me, I, I get last week was the lines, but I felt like it was his best start in the NFL. He was explosive. And, you know, it just sort of took you back to the start of the season where Miami, they just came out of the gates flying, you know, again, we were talking about fields and somehow getting that star receiver, you know, Miami's done that. And um, yeah, look, credit to them for, for really backing Tua. I don't think there would have been too many franchises that would have gone out and done the Tyreek Hill trade with a new coach that's ballsy. And it's, um, it, it might pay off.
0: I, I mean, it's, it's paying off right now, right? Tyreek Hill had 12 receptions for 188 yards, right? T- Jalen Waddell, Eight receptions for 106 yards, right? So clearly, like this is a duo that Miami have gone. I mean, they had Jalen Waddle last year. So it's nice to see that kind of you know addition in Tyreek Hill because as you know, you see when you watch football, you can't mark both of them. <laughs>
1: he, he exactly.
0: One of the other, and, and that's what I think teams can look at the Dolphins and go, look how easy it is to get a, a an amazing wide receiver out of Ty- Tyreek Hill. How much that can change your offense in in, in an off season?
1: And you got to um, play. You got to play to your division, Alex. You know what I mean? Like I wonder whether they were so aggressive because they sit there with Buffalo. I'm not going to say the Patriots because they're not doing too. <laughs> much. But you know, you, you look at Buffalo and you say, okay, we're going to play them twice a year. You know, we we need to figure this shit out. Otherwise, it's zero two. You know, every single year, and that that you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it can really hurt the record. So, yeah, I think um, you know, you see what Josh Allen and the Bills are doing. Miami had to make a move, and, yeah, this offense is looking electric.
0: It is. I think my biggest concern with the Dolphins right now is when you look at their game against the Lions in Week 8, 27 to 31. They didn't win by a bunch. It wasn't a blowout win like they've had. I think, you know, their rush defense is good, but that secondary I don't think is sustainable for the whole season, and I think that that secondary is going to come back to bite them because when their offense is producing, their defense needs to as well. Um, yeah, I think yeah. if we're looking for a weakness, their secondary is, is where they're going to struggle a bit.
1: Yeah, because they they kind of built their team around defense a few years ago and that's kind of aged a little bit poorly. So, yeah, like a few years ago, the Miami Dolphins, I know from firsthand, they often give us a bit of a spanking there in New England. But, um, yeah, defensively, they're really, really strong. Obviously, they flipped the narrative. They've gone to the offensive side of the ball. Things are starting to slip a little bit on the defensive side And who knows, Mike McDaniels, you know, we we don't really know what his skill set is from a defensive standpoint. So, um, yeah, this is the delicate balance of teams. You know, they've gone offensive side of the ball, but you're right. It just means that they're going to be in shootouts. Um, And, you know, some of those top tier teams, they can be scoring a lot of points in the Dolphins.
0: Definitely. I mean, if I was him, I'd be looking maybe getting a more experienced, you know, DC next year. Right. Or a
1: high quality running back and try and bleed the clock a little bit. It just feels like that crew of, uh, Edmonds, uh, Raheem Mozart, you know, like those guys, um, and like, you know, Hey, you know, you make it in the NFL week to week starter, no shade from me, but you know, you can see where there's some other franchise that have those star running backs and they can just bleed the clock down. Um, and that obviously can take a little bit of pressure off your defense.
0: And there's definitely some running backs that, you know, could be traded, you know, we've seen some big, you know, trades kind of happen already. So it, it could happen. Cream Hunt is still kind of, you know, he's, hey, he's stopping around.
1: Throw money at Josh Jacobs. He is going to be out the door of, 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 of the Raiders and um, yeah, he's going to want a lot of money, but um, yeah, he's, he's unreal at the moment. Yeah.
0: I mean, if we had to pick, look, I always, always, always back my bears. I'm going to back him again. I know everyone says that that's just personal choice. But I think based on the last two weeks with the way the Bears are playing, the way the Dolphins play, I think it's going to be a, a shootout. You know, I was expecting a bigger, bigger blowout win against the Lions. Didn't happen. I think if the defense shows up for the Bears and the offense shows up for the Bears, I think it's going to come down to a field goal. Wouldn't be surprised if it's an overtime win. But I am going to go Bears for this one. Dan, Dolphins, Bears.
1: Yeah, Dolphins win. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like it's it's. Ed, to your point, it's going to be closer than what a lot of people think. You know, the Dolphins are going to give Justin a lot of opportunities and they're going to be baiting him. You know, they are going to, you know, they're not going to let him get outside of the pocket. They're not going to let him run. They're not going to let him get anything easy underneath. They're going to, they're going to, you know, it's going to be, you know, their secondary coming up against Justin. Um, and they're going to see if he can, you know, take some shots downfield. And, you know, we're going to see, you know, if he sort of comes away with a few interceptions, you know, the Dolphins will run away with it. But, you know, he's getting a little bit better. You know, he might be able to show up a little bit and keep this a little bit tight. So, uh but yeah, Miami will win this one.
0: Uh, well, we're 50-50. You didn't even have to think twice about pulling Miami out of the hat for the win there. Um, But moving on to our second game, Jaguars v. Raiders. Raiders had a tough, tough, tough week eight with a shutout. Yes, I said shutout. Derek Carr and... Devontae Adams could not get a touchdown. They couldn't get points on the board. Dan, is this a coaching error or is this just – they were just outplayed by the Saints? So.
1: This is uh, – yeah, look, there are teams that I can figure out now, you know, we're at that sort of point where you're, you're great, you're average, you're, you're poor, and I just don't want to believe that the Raiders are a bad football team because you just look at their roster and, yeah, like, you know, what they've put out so far this year – They've lost a lot of narrow games, you know, and, and I just, I just feel like they've got the talent there. So, you know, it was just a matter of time before they really stood up, you know, coming into this game against the saints, the saints had a lot of, you know, last week they had a lot of players out, Michael Thomas was out, um, you know, this, you know, saints have always got half the football team out uh, at the moment. Um, Andy Dalton was there and really no excuses from the Raiders. So, you know, it, this is, this is, you know, uh, two steps forward, five steps back for the Raiders. And you're right. I mean, it is really, really difficult to make big, big changes within a franchise and do it quickly. But one change that is really easy to make is that head coach. So Josh McDaniels, he is, he's is in a world of trouble. I know that he got called up to the owner's office. This is the second time before a press conference this year. There won't be a third time. So, and I, I just look, I'm, I'm speechless. I can't believe that we're here. I can't believe that Josh McDaniels is under pressure Um, you know, and, and I, again, you you talk about identity. I feel like they were all over the place offensively. They found their running, their running style, but again, that doesn't really, that doesn't perfectly align with what they want to do in terms of Derek Carr, Devonta Adams, and a few of the weapons they've got there. And then don't get me started on the defense. The defense has been awful this year um, and probably their biggest reason uh, as to why they're struggling at the moment.
0: I mean, they allowed four sacks. Yeah, I mean, that line did not protect fourth down efficiency. They were two for three, so that's not bad. But from third down, there, are fire 14. They only had 13 first downs, they rushed for 38 yards. 38. Like, I, when your receiving core isn't happening, when it's not, when you're not connecting there, you need to have a backup plan. You need to have something else that is going to move the ball and the chains. And they just don't seem to have that backup option. Right, They're like, we have to stick with our receivers. We're a throwing team. Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, there's that connection there. There's that bromance there for them. As you said, they've lost some close games where you can kind of see that that relationship is kind of there, but it's like it's taking them a while to get back to where they were when they were in college, but they're not in college. They're years past college. It's great to see them back together, but as you said, the defense has not been impressive this season, and I wonder if there was just a little too much pressure placed on the Raiders going into this season that they've kind of just like imploded under that.
1: Yeah. And, and I think, you know, looking at the season as a whole, I, I think the defense definitely has been exposed, you know, Josh McDaniels, he's an OC. We know he's good on that side of the ball. So, you know, his ability to manage defense, you know, that, that's certainly, um, you know, that's certainly a question mark. And then the, the, the reason why it's so problematic just being, you know, dominant on one side, um of the ball is that when your dominant side fails like the offense fails then you know the defense obviously can't can't hold up so you know I I just feel like that sort of you know exposed the Raiders a little bit and you know there are a lot of holes in this team you know I know that Josh McDaniels are like four or five years a number of drafts to bring in his guys but you know a player who I'm a little bit disappointed in and it's not really his fault is Waller you know Darren Waller he really hasn't played much this year He was out last week. These injuries keep, keep you know, sort of knocking him down a little bit. And, you know, it just gives you a little bit of an appreciation for some of the elite tight ends in our game like Kelsey because, you know, they get absolutely bashed week in, week out. You know, they're unable to produce for long periods of time. And you felt like Waller, he was outstanding for a year, two years. He got the massive contract. Now he continues to be injured. You know, I just, Alex, if you know, there was a period there where he was going toe-to-toe with Kelsey. You know, if if, if they had Waller there... Um, you know, that would just take a lot of pressure off uh, Derek Carr, especially when they're, you know, goal line and short, you know. Um, Yeah. There's, there, there's a lot here to unpack uh, in Vegas.
0: <laughs> there's always a lot to unpack in Vegas.
1: <laughs> That's all right. Um, uh, it,
0: it's just, you know, it seems to be a narrative there. Um, I don't think it's an easy turnaround. I don't think it's an easy switch for them. I think they got to ride out this season and, and, and look the next because right now, I mean, we still got half a season to go, but, I don't know. It's not looking good. Get a shutout against, um, you know, the saints again,
1: I I'd be, I'd be keeping an eye on the draft. If there's a, if there's a really interesting quarterback there, maybe a cash in Derek Carr at the top. I don't know. He's a, he's a quarterback that I don't think anyone has really fallen in love with. You know, I I feel like he he can't really elevate a, elevate a team. So yeah, let's just keep an eye on Derek Carr. Um, You know, Josh McDaniels, he's not sold. So see how it goes.
0: I mean, we talk about quarterbacks that people aren't particularly sold on. I've never been sold on Trevor Lawrence as we move in and talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars um, coming off a uh, loss to the Broncos in London, which surprisingly, I always, I, which I think is kind of funny because Jacksonville was kind of like London's team for a long London Jaguars. Yeah. That was the only place they could win. <laughs> um, but the Broncos came out. They outplayed him. They outscored him. Jacksonville sitting at two and six. Trevor Lawrence, two interceptions. I, I don't know. I, I just can't put my finger on, you know, they have wins that you don't think they should have. They have losses that you don't think they should have. They're a very inconsistent team. And I think that has a lot to do with Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a very inconsistent player. Um, And that might just be me being a bit harsh on him because I don't like him. Um,
1: no, I think, I, I think it's, I think it's this week, like that was last week was his worst performance. And I think everyone's been willing to give him time. You know, he's the, he's the golden boy. Let's give him, you know, last year was a complete write off. You know, he'll come good. He'll come good. But but people are starting to get a little bit un, you know, impatient with him. And, you know, Alex, I've got trust issues because, you know, I I looked at Trevor Lawrence, I followed him through. I, I, I believed in the hype, you know, this guy was outstanding in college. he, he's got everything he can do everything in the way that his NFL career is started. It's just made me really question things. So when I look at draft quarterbacks now, I just, in the back of my mind, I'm like, Oh, is this going to be another Trevor Lawrence situation? Because there is no excuses for him to not really come in and just, you know, <laughs> I mean, die trying, you know, like I feel like he's just caught in the middle where he's trying to play conservative and then he, and then he plays aggressive at the right times. But you know, in simple terms, Trevor Lawrence is inaccurate. And that is a problem as a quarterback. And especially in a rebuilding franchise like the Jags, who really, you know, they've struggled to put good football together for, for a long time now. So now I'm with you. I think Trevor Lawrence, he needs to start showing something at the back end of this season.
0: I definitely agree with you, especially when the Broncos gave up 12 penalties and 81 yards in those. You know, if you're getting kind of easy yards off penalties from another team, you should be moving down the field as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, they had only four more plays in the Broncos. You know, they were better from a third down efficiency. They had more first downs. When you look at the stats, they were just, okay, their passing game wasn't there. We know that. We've seen that. Their running game was. They rushed for uh, almost 200 yards at 191, whereas, you know, Broncos only rushed for 101. But you know, again, it's, I think it's Trevor Lawrence's accuracy. There's two interceptions that he threw. You know, we look at that line, you know, kind of let him play through. He's not really a scrambling kind of guy. They allowed two sacks.
1: Did you, did you follow him? Like, you know, you obviously haven't really liked him, uh, you know, much from his college, but yeah. Are, are you with me? Like what I'm like, I'm going to give you a little bit of time here to just go on your own Trevor Lawrence breakdown, because, I don't know, like, I just got this so incredibly wrong. And and what are you doing as a Jaguars fan? I know Lara, you know, she, she's obviously uh, missed out on tonight, but yeah. I, I know she's secretly confident, but, you know, it, you know if she was 100% honest, I, I think even she would be concerned at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, for me, I mean, I've never really liked Trevor Lawrence since Ohio State played Clemson in one of the championship games. That was upsetting. I'm guarantee his knee was down. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I highly go recommend watching it, searching it, looking it up. Um, I think for me, I just never thought he was anything fabulous in college. I thought he was inconsistent. Um, I thought he had players around him that made him look better than he actually was yeah. right. because you're a Clemson. You're going to attract great receivers great running backs so I feel like he was in a he was in a system that made him look very good and when you get him in a system where he has to be the best player and you don't have the same caliber players around him you kind of show what kind of quarterback he actually is
1: and didn't he like he never lost the game or something you know what I mean like obviously high school peewee college like you know just you know trying to get used to this NFL adversity it's uh it's not easy. Head coach was a bit of a head case, <laughs> although All right, leave Evermar
0: that- out of it. <laughs> like we gotta move on. is not there anymore. Everybody needs to move on. Yes, he made some questionable decisions and choices, but look, I think Trevor Lawrence, I think there was a lot of hype and a lot of pressure around him. Some kids can match up to that, some kids can't. And unfortunately, I think we're starting to see that a little bit, which is which is tough because when you don't excel in your kind of first two, three years, then you kind of drop. You get traded. You become a backup quarterback, become a third-string quarterback. You know, I hate to – I don't want to see that any kind of quarterback in the NFL, but I wouldn't be too disappointed if that happened to him. Just saying. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) if we're picking Raiders over the Jags, I think the Raiders are going to have a very long, hard look at themselves this this week, and I think they're going to be able to bounce back. They have a better receiving – core than the Jaguars they while their defense is not great I still think they're better than the Jaguars um so for me I'm gonna go Raiders on the win there
1: yeah I'm gonna go with you as well I just think that look if 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 they lose to the Jags Josh McDaniels is fired so you know if nothing else the coaching side is gonna be right and, and I, I, I like Derek Carr I think there is leadership there I think he's going to have a few words to people in his really polite way, which is kind of a weird and Darren Waller. I don't know. Maybe, um, you know, maybe he needs to have a little bit of a chat to Russell Wilson. Didn't he say he's got Wolverine blood or something with his recovery? I don't know. Waller needs to get on the football field. He needs to start producing. He needs to pay off his contract and he needs to keep his coach employed. So yeah, Raiders for me. All
0: right. Well, we're even there split on the first game, but Dan it is time to move into our rapid fire. I'm going to go first. I got Bengals v be Panthers. So, Bengals are coming off the battle for Ohio. Ooh, I don't know. With Jamar Chase being out for four to six weeks, I think that's Brutal. a huge detriment to the Bengals. I don't think they have anything that can really match that, as we've seen that kind of buddy kind of relationship between Jamar Chase and um, – oh, my gosh, I cannot – Joe Burrows. Sorry,
1: Burrow, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Name slipped me for a minute. I, oh, I'm going to go Bengals by field goal, just because I think that game is just going to be messy. I think it's going to be messy across the board. Cardinals vs. Seahawks. Laura wanted us to talk about how amazing the Seahawks have been in this past week. <laughs> I don't, unfortunately, we didn't get time to that. Sorry, Laura, but I'm going to go Cardinals over the Seahawks. I think they're going to try and bounce back from their loss this past week. So again, sorry, Laura, you're not here. It is what it is. Um, Buccaneers versus Rams. I think this is going to be a, a must win for Brady. Um But boy, I do not know. Um, That is a tough one to pick. The Rams haven't been great. You know, Buccaneers have not been good. It's going to that's going to be a messy game too. But I can see the Buccaneers pulling out a win there. Unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say that just because I think they're going to need something to bounce back from because I see if they if they lose this game. I think they're done. I think that's their season over. I'd be looking to rebuild. I'd be looking to do all sorts of things if I was at franchise. Chiefs v. Titans. Mm, Chiefs, apart from Derrick Henry kind of just doing his thing and running the ball, I just don't think that they have enough kind of weapons. So I think I'm going to go easy pick for the Chiefs there. Saints be Ravens. I have no clue. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Saints ooh, with their win. They're... I could see this game going overtime by a field goal. And I think because the Ravens just – they don't know how to hold on to a lead. Yeah. I think both have good running games. Both have interesting wide, rece- like, wide receiver, you know, throwing games. So, oh, boy, I don't know. I could see that one ending in a draw. I'm going to be bold, and I'm going to say draw there.
1: There we go. <laughs> that's,
0: that's my prediction there. probably won't happen, but who knows. And then Commanders v. Vikings – I picked the commanders last week and they just pulled out a one point win this past week. (laughs) Um, But I do think the Vikings who are currently sitting six and one, who would have thought? I think the commanders are going to give them a run for their money, but I see the Vikings pulling it up by three.
1: Yeah. Love those. Love those picks. All right. I'm going to roll into mine. Uh, Texans V Eagles, obviously Philly, they're going to continue their unbeaten run. It's just not fair. Uh, they, their, their schedule actually lightens up as well. So they are really going to go on a little run here. The Eagles, as if they didn't need more, you know, is it the best preparation though? You know, as they start to sort of build up to the playoffs, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think the Eagles win here and look, you know, to be honest, you could sit Jalen Hurts and put in uh, Gardner Minshew and they'd still get the job done here. So yeah, Eagles, Eagles win. Uh, my beloved, yeah, beloved Pats, uh, take on the Indianapolis Colts. Well, You know, uh, this is a very interesting team with two franchises in interesting positions. Sam Ellinger, you know, his uh, era has begun. Obviously, uh, you know, it wasn't the best start. You know, getting the loss there against the the Commanders, unbelievable how they ended up losing that one, coming up against my Pats. Look, I I think, look, this is going to be a bit of a 50-50 game. I just have a little bit more faith in the Pats running game at the the moment. Again, a guy I'm going to... Shout out again is Ramondre Stevenson. He's been really, really good for the Pats. And someone who's been a little bit disappointing is Jonathan Taylor. You know, this is the guy who was the out-and-out best running back in the game. He's been a little bit disappointing for the Colts. So without that running game, rookie quarterback, receivers still lacking a little bit. Offensive line hasn't been as good. I think the Pats just sneak in and get that one done. Lions v. Packers. Now this is going to be an interesting one because year in, year out, the, pain, the the Packers spank the Lions each and every year. And Dan Campbell, they continue to lose games, 30 to 40. It's, you know, it's happening each and every week. So, you know, this is going to be a really interesting one because the Lions, they're going to score points. You know, can the Packers keep pace with them? I don't know. I, I'm smelling an upset here. I'm going to go to the Lions, which uh, which will be huge, huge for Detroit. Okay, okay moving on. That one. Yeah, let's see how that one goes. Uh, Atlanta Falcons coming up against the Chargers. Look, again, you talk about some coaches under pressure. Staley, you know, at the LA Chargers, you know, what else do you need? Literally, they have one of the best rosters in the entire league. They've been battered and bruised with a few injuries. Totally understand that. But their season's been unacceptable. So there's a fair bit of pressure on on that team at the moment. Justin Herbert hasn't been himself. He's been a little bit injured. But coming up against an Atlanta Falcons team that are just – I don't know. They're, they're at the top of that awful division and they're just in there in everyone's way, making games difficult, getting in people's way. So they are far from a good football team, but they're winning. Um, they're winning half of their games. So look, I'm going to go the Chargers here, but with with, with not a lot of confidence, to be honest, the Falcons are going to make uh, the Chargers life very, very difficult and finishing off with, I'm going to say it, you know, one, one of the more interesting games of the week the New York Jets, they come back after losing to the New England Patriots against, uh, you know, nearly the uh, the perceived invincible Buffalo Bills. I think that's a loss the Jets needed. They were getting a little bit too big for their boots. They'd obviously picked on um, a few teams that had their second quarterback in, their third quarterback in. This really puts them back, and I think it's the best thing for them. Zach Wilson, I'd be surprised if they roll him out against the Buffalo Bills. And if they do... I think this could be the end of his career in New York. Uh, that, you know, the backup quarterback, White, he's been brought up. He's jumped the queue ahead of Flacco. Yeah, I, I think I think Buffalo get the job done here. And, yeah, I, I think that could be the end of Zach Wilson.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Big predictions there from you, Dan. Big predictions all around, really, for next week. But I feel like that's kind of how the football season has gone. Um, as always, it's always fun talking football. But uh, until next week, guys, enjoy.